Hello, darkness, my old friend, and welcome back to no! Fantastic Mr. Fox Minute. <laughs> we're doing it. We're keeping it. Uh, this is the podcast about Fantastic Mr. Fox, where we watch it one minute at a time. I'm Tyler Boudreaux. And I'm Kondra Boudreaux. I, I like, started saying it, and then I wasn't quite singing it. It was a whole thing. This is the show about Fantastic Mr. Fox, the movie, one minute at a time. The minute we're talking about is minute 76, which begins with a zoom in on a fox, and it ends with a reporter saying that the farmers say that fox will eventually... Dot, dot, dot. Yep. And, uh, yeah, so uh, important minute in the movie. This is kind of the um, emotional climax, as it were. Um, I don't know if I would call... This is definitely... An emotional climax, but there's another one that we have not gotten to yet. Okay. Yeah, and in terms of, like, with the difference between climax and denouement... <laughs> kind of just rolled her eyes. I rolled my eyes at Tyler. <laughs> For the record. Connor doesn't it. speak French or Latin, so... I, I was just, It's a reference to the movie. You do speak Latin. Not Well, you don't speak it, but you know Latin kind of well. Yeah. So, yes, we get more of this wolf stuff. With Fox and the Wolf. Wolf stuff. You still got Fox sit, Fox and the gang sitting on the motorcycle, and the wolf sitting up on that cliff with Winter behind him for some reason. Uh, because it's aesthetic, Tyler. Yes. <laughs> the aesthetic. Indeed. Um, he, he had just spoke to him in French and say he doesn't seem to know French. But the wolf shifts in a way. Like, we get a lot of wolf movement and, like, shots of the wolf and seeing kind of his reaction and like not necessarily that he doesn't know what's going on he just like chooses not to but like makes body movements that acknowledge certain thoughts that you could suggest like could suggest oh he's thinking this thing or he has this idea and when the the wolf comes to some attention like he he doesn't he does a perk up later but he, like, shifts his weight in a way and, like, moves forward that it's different than, like, him just, like, not moving at all and just passively sitting there. He is, like, engaging in the conversation, just not not with words. Yeah, I think that's <clears throat> very true. He's kind of, he's wondering if he should make an advance or just kind of stay there or, like, how she, how he should engage without without verbalization because i i feel like it's safe to say that wolf can't communicate verbally but he can maybe understand what he's saying or something like that i would agree with that or or just the filmmakers wanted to say hey this is something we want to see how we can communicate this kind of really interesting moment without a conversation just a long distance visual thing I think it also speaks to Fox that he's just rambling and, like, trying to be witty and clever instead of, like, really embracing the moment. And once he, like, does, he gets emotional. Yeah. And he recognizes the moment for really what it is, which is this powerful, like, I am part of something more. I am, despite everything that's been happening to me, there's still other forces at play. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah. I want to I want to tie it right back to what we think the meaning of the wolf is. But first I wanted to talk about the um the kind of what just the thing he says before that. So he he says he doesn't seem to know about the French and then there's a little pause. We see the wolf shift, we zoom in. Um and then he he says, "I have a phobia of wolves." And we get kind of this moment 
that you're talking about where we get a close-up of Fox's face and we see the little tears forming in his eyes. He's not, like, crying. They're not rolling down his face, but we see him kind of tear up. And we also look again at the wolf with a, a, a closer look and we get this uh, crescendo in the snare drum in the, in the music track. And it, it really hits you, like, emotionally where you're like, oh, dang, like, something is happening here. And, um, yeah, I was, I was thinking about what the, what the wolf means. And it definitely is kind of like what you said, like bigger worlds, big, big picture kind of stuff. And the way I was thinking about it was, um, it kind of ties back to the, uh, wild animal dichotomy. Mm -hmm. So like Fox looking at this wolf, he's like, that's a real wild animal. Yeah, definitely. And that he can recognize that and it's a very different kind of wild animal than spits yeah like wild animals can also be poised and refined and yeah intelligent in ways that he hasn't encountered yeah that's good because it re it reestablishes himself on this spectrum spectrum of like okay it's not the difference between being in the human's point of view it's the difference between being spits and a human but in Fox's point of view, it's the difference between being this beautiful, graceful creature and maybe human is like the bottom half of the spectrum where the human things are what bring him down and the, the wolf things are what bring him up. I don't know. And he's still, he's still kind of caught in between because he's literally sitting on a motorcycle wearing goggles in this minute. Like, he isn't majestic in the same way the wolf is majestic. He's the quote-unquote fantastic Mr. Fox in his own right. And I think it's important that... He has established his own he brand like, of success. He, like, blends the human and the wild animal by, like, utilizing his strengths as a wild animal. His intuition, his digging abilities, his cunning, quote-unquote, but in a very human-like manner. Yeah, he has a nuclear family. He has... He lives in a society. Whereas he the wolf... A career. We, yeah, the wolf we see is alone. Mm-hmm. Literally a lone wolf. Well... Um, and that, while Fox may, like, sometimes wish he was alone, he, he, he would get nowhere if he was alone. So, that also makes me wonder about, about this wolf. Is this wolf lost, maybe? Like, is, has it been separated from its pack? Because wolves yeah, they travel tend in to, packs. They tend to. Uh, it, while you were speaking, it made me think as well of the idea that is this wolf being on its own and maybe not being as successful. Like, it's very scraggly and, like, looks matted. and But still, there's still majest like there's a majestic air to it. Does Fox see that and kind of wish for it? Like, he realizes that's the kind of reality he'll never have. That'd because be he has found his comfort and he lives this very, like, safe, sheltered life. Or he's bas he's almost established it by beating the farmers he has created a sense of safety for him his family again and he doesn't have to worry about that potential threat of alone hungry wild yeah it's like that's what his life could have been and like in a in a different life maybe he would have wanted that but in this case he realizes that he what he has what he needs yeah and that if he would have been a lone wolf, he would have been just that, a lone wolf, which doesn't seem all that impressive. Well, it seems impressive, but when you think about it, isn't isn't the best situation you want to be in. Yeah. Um, you also made me think of, like, what if Fox pulled a uh, 
pulled in Into the Wild, where he, like, decided to throw away all of his possessions and live in the woods. <laughs> you know, I don't think Fox could do that. I think he, like, could live and survive, well, but he's well, just... the guy who did that famously didn't succeed, but... Yeah. But I think how it, it's interesting that Fox is in this moment, and he declares to the wolf that he has a phobia of him. Yeah. And thinking about all these ideas that we've got for what this wolf could mean, could that mean he's afraid of that wild side or that lonely side and um, the uncertainty of living higher on, like, both higher on the food chain, but also, like, in a very different environment than what he currently is accustomed to. Yeah, and I think a big part of the theme is obviously, like, facing your fears. Like, that's something you see in a lot of movies where, like, in order to succeed, you need to face down the thing you fear the most. And sometimes you have to fight it, and sometimes you just have to reconcile with it. And this is definitely more of a reconciliation trend. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm wondering, is does... Well, one, does he fear wolves, plural? And, like, in this case, seeing one wolf, like, isn't freaking him out as much? Or is there some distance, or does he have some renewed strength in himself and belief in himself that he's like... I don't have to worry about this wolf right now because I know I can overcome very hard things. Like, he has just proven it. And the other times wolves are brought up, it's kind of in heightened anxiety kind of situations when they're planning the, like, the master plan yeah. at the beginning and then when they're running through and actually executing the master What's plan. What's with all this wolf talk? <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's one of those things that in the moment he realizes, oh, maybe I didn't have so much to fear. And... The one thing, though, that I found was odd, and I'm not sure what it means, but the wolf kind of perks up after he says that he has a phobia of wolf. Like, he gets kind of excited. I think it's just him kind of moving in a vague way. Well, I think the ears, like, perk the way, like, a cat's do, or another, like, a wolf's do. So, I think there's, like, I was like, oh, that's an interesting thing, but it was nice that there's continued movement with the puppet throughout the whole scene. Like, yeah. even when you have the back of the wolf, you can see it breathing. Yeah. Which is just, like, a little detail that is incredible. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there's anything we can read into, like, oh, yes, the wolf reacted in this way, which means it feels blank. But for sure, like, the detail of the the movement is impressive. The fact that there is an inter- there is an unspoken back and forth regardless of what that back and forth means, I think, is important. And the wolf also, like, so... Um, <laughs> nope, it, went, it left my brain. Um, okay. Do you want to do the fist now? Yeah, so um, the last thing Fox does is kind of just raise his fist to the, to the wolf and it's kind of like a... Black like, Panther struggle kind of... Yeah, way. like, hey, like, shared struggle kind of way. Yeah. And I think in a... In a universal language kind of way, even though, like, the raised fist does have an association with kind of like a... The Black Panther movement. Yeah, like in an African-American, in like, in America, the, the lived struggle movement. I think in a universal way, it kind of just means, like, hey, like, I share your, I share your pain, I share your I wonder empathy. if that is really just an American... Because that's kind of what it means to the Black Panther, from what I understand of, like, my limited knowledge of the Black Panther movement and my research there. I wonder if that can be said for a universe, like, does a raised fist mean something entirely different in another country? I don't know. Well, yes, because, like, hand movements have all sorts of different 
meanings in other countries. So I, it's definitely not a universal thing, but well, or I, I wouldn't go to claim it's a universal thing just because I'm too risk averse to make bold claims like that. But there's, it's but a you're connecting. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, even if we totally removed the cultural context that we are aware of, the, the thing we would gather from this is, oh, this is a hand signal that means something. Wolf gives it back in, a, in an amusing way because the wolf has to lift his hand above his body. His paw. His paw above his body in a way that's not physically possible for wolves. I think it is Fox realizing that communication always doesn't need to be verbal. Yeah. And Which he found a, a way to connect. A funny, a funny, like, not meta joke, but like subtext joke of the movie where like fox is always talking yes (laughs) and then the movie does something very smart in that it pauses it takes a little moment and watches the wolf walk away yeah so it really lets the viewer take a minute and absorb what they just saw or it's like five seconds and think about the unspoken communication yeah, it is really powerful, and this this whole, like, the music swelling and just even the eeriness of the music, there's so much here that really strengthens yeah. this. Yeah, and we kind of get the decrescendo of the music now, the, the kind of, the peak of the music was kind of the drum crescendo, and then the fist, and then after, the, while the wolf is walking away, it kind of gets quieter again. But it zooms back, so, well, I guess we did this out of order because we have a really funny line. That happens in between the fist and the walk away. Well, Fox says, what a beautiful creature. Yeah. And then says, wish him luck. Yeah. And then Kylie says, good luck to him. Ash says, good luck. And Christopherson says, good luck out there. And he he points his finger. Yeah, he does a little fist movement. It's wicked funny. And it just, it really sums up the three characters, like the four characters in, in really interesting ways and really reminds you of you've seen them and you've gotten to know them and well it's kind of interesting because in their own way like we can tell that each of those other three people also kind of had a moment yeah so definitely it was good it's a shared moment share a moment with oh is this a coca-cola thing oh is you, it? you held up your hand like a can you're the only one that saw it all right did I it have... actually happen who knows i want to podcast themed twilight zone episode that would be so good i'm sure there's something like it i'm sure there's something like that where like there's like video footage of someone doing something they didn't actually did do 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 um oh and then so and then the wolf kind of starts walking away he turns around for a quick sec looks back yeah and then he walks back into the woods it's it's really like that the good luck out there, like, it broke the emotion for a sec. And then the walk away really, like, sealed it and was like, no, this was an emotional moment. Like, we can do comedy and emotion together, but that doesn't mean the emotion has to lose. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the wolf kind of just walks away into the woods, never to be seen or heard from again. Then um, we see Fox pull his goggles back down, but not all of his bandit hat, and I'm like... Is that going to be uncomfortable right on your snout? Like, ah, he's got, he's got it. And oh, also, if you look at Fox's uh, foot in this scene, um, it's his rear leg, and you can actually see like the like the the dogness of his rear leg holding holding down the the motorcycle. It's pretty cool. And then he rides away, 
but, in the motorcycle. And then we have train symmetry. Yeah, and so he rides to the right, and then the train rides to the left. And this is like full circle. We have lots of full, full yes. circle right now. The train brings things full circle, which is funny because trains go in circles. Yes. Um, <laughs> so the train well, appeared at the tree when Kylie and Fox were originally talking about wild animals back in... I think that was right around minute 13, because we <laughs> called that episode Existential Crisis. Yeah. So, yeah, not only does the motorcycle go right and the train go left, it is kind of this thematic thing where it kind of takes a breath. Like, they ride off the screen, and then the train goes by, and then we're meant to, like, take a breath and think, okay, everything is back to normal. Like, the train's going by, civility has returned, mundanity has returned. Yeah. But then we switch shots... And we cut scene, and we get three days later... Two and a half Fox weeks. Which still doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Who knows what time is in this universe? And we get another train. And for this train, we actually get the little train music from uh, Ash's bedroom. It's, like, very subtle and very quiet, but it is there. And I think that's really interesting because then you have this idea of, oh, is this train a toy? And, like... Is it less Is it, real? Are they all toys? Is it not necessarily that full thematic circle, but the like? I never even what thought if, about how many trains were like. We have four train moments in this movie, at least, at least, and like the well, at least four significant ones because we have the one at the beginning with the tree. We have Ash and Christopherson watching the train, and then we have these two, and the. The first and the third one are kind of the bookends sandwiches to this I mean, I thematic do like sandwiches. Circle. And then you have the toy, and then you have one with the same music as the toy train in a human context where it's less real. Like where Ash and Christopherson, they were at a point of unfinished business, they were at this weird tension and like unsure of each other and their relationship and that's where the farmers are at and they're at and after three days of sitting and watching a storm drain hoping the fox would reappear maybe i don't know if they're mad at each other though they there is definitely like some eye glaring from bogus to bean fair so it it's i don't know if it's like a hundred percent i could say yes these are two parallel things but there is some there's something there. Yeah. Like, the choice of music is very significant, I think. Yeah. No, the the train is definitely a, an important, like, motif in the movie. It de- and it definitely kind of... It's the, it's the peacefulness of motion, which is kind of an irony. Because the idea that, like, life is in motion, but it is also... But that's how it is. That's, that's how it should be. It should be peaceful like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to dive too much into the Bogus Buns and Mean stuff here because I think next minute or just kind of wrapping things up yeah. in general will be helpful for next minute also because we're running out of time. But uh, the reporter says, these three farmers who, these three, in this reporter's opinion, obsessed farmers, remain convinced that the fox in question will eventually... Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And... and I mean, the reporter's editorializing, obviously, he calls them obsessed, but although I think we can agree. Yeah, it is funny that they had former, like, camera, or, uh, newsman Dan had previously been on their side, like, he'd been at the campfire and at the big show, like, gun down 
moment, and now he's, like, switched. And It's like that thing of villains in movies where, like, like when someone turns on the villain because they realize, oh, like, oh, they, go- they went too far that time. Like, I realize now that they're a bad guy, and I'm going to help the good guys now. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. I don't know if that's necessarily what Newsman Dan is doing, but he definitely is flipped. Yeah. In it. Also, just in a reporter way. Like, earlier, it was like, oh, these farmers are doing some cool thing, and now they're kind of, like, lame yeah. guys trying to not... It's like, are you kidding me? This is still happening? Yeah. Okay. The way... F- are Flint you kidding me? This is still, still happening. happening. The podcast. I.e., <laughs> Flint still doesn't have water, people. Get your act together. Ah, uh, man, I was doing a self-referential insult, but that's good. That's more important. Okay. Hashtag um, save the bees. Hashtag clean water for all. Hashtag this podcast is now over, except there's like 12 more episodes, 11. So listen to them when they come out in the future or concurrently because you're listening to this in the future when all of them have been released. This is a very long hashtag. Hashtag bye. No, um, on Twitter, uh, find us at Amateur Nerds or me personally at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. Rate, review, subscribe on whatever podcatcher you're listening to right now. Email us, amateurnerdspresent at gmail.com. It's been a while since we got an email, even a spam email. We get spam emails sometimes. That's not true, because I'm, I'm guesting on a podcast this weekend, so I've been getting emails from them. Okay, fair enough. Um, and we'll catch you next time for another fantastic Gotta episode of Fantastic Minute. I've been Tyler Boudreau. <laughs> I've been Kondra. We hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.